Good day, everyone. I'm Vince Hawkins. And I'm Bill Bolden. And this is the Vince and Bill Podcast. Coming to you live from our church building today is May 2nd, 2022. That's right. We're here to respond to uh, Vince's disgusting sermon today. Got a little nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, it wasn't wasn't disgusting, but it was about Peter's personal journey through disgust. Mm. And uh, it uh, it was actually... Real, real interesting. This, he he covered Acts chapter eight uh, verses thirty two through uh, through the end of the chapter, um, which are two great miracle studies, uh, miracle stories. Excuse me. Uh, but uh, Vince, you highlighted the fact that uh, as Peter is traveling, mm. first he started off in Samaria as he was there to kind of you know, figure out and affirm that the Samaritans too can become a part of this new kingdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now he's kind of venturing into places that uh, maybe he went with with Jesus, but now he's on his own and he's going and he's dealing with situations. And you, you were very careful to highlight that there are certain things that a Jew in the first century is being confronted with that Peter is doing that would be considered disgusting. That would be considered unclean. Mm-hmm. And here he is learning to deal with some of those things. Yeah, it's true. And I think the, those things, all of those things, interestingly enough, are things that we also would find quite disgusting. <laughs> well, I mean, there are always groups of people, right? The Samaritans, the half Jew, half Gentile. This is a, this is a, you might say, potentially socially disgusting, although not as bad as Gentiles for most of the, many of the religious Jews. But yeah, Peter's just kind of got to go in and, and you know Acts two, Acts eight, fourteen, and following, affirm these Samaritans, and then I love that he and John make the journey back home to Jerusalem, traveling, preaching in the Samaritan villages, and then a little later that week we pick it up in the story of Aeneas and Tabitha, and it is again Peter then leaves Jerusalem again, and he goes and travels. So no, I think what as I was saying is that one of the things as I read through this passage multiple times, I came to the end of it and. It talked about Simon the Tanner, you know, after he, you know, uh, healed Aeneas and then raised Tabitha from the dead. It says he went and stayed. He stayed at Joppa at the house of Simon the Tanner. And as I, every time I read through it, every time I read through it, Simon the Tanner, I just go, oh, this is not that important. And then, but I then I at one point I read next, and it, then it picks up in chapter ten that he, he was at Simon the Tanner's home, or at least they talk about he's staying at the home of Simon the Tanner. Mm-hmm. And of course you see Simon the Tanner come up twice and you go, well, this must be important. Whether it's important or not, it sent me down a rabbit hole of tanneries. Yeah. <laughs> so I started kind of investigating tanneries and what those are and honestly had never done much on the study of tanneries. I do love leather, how it's made. Uh, I love leather, not how it's made, but didn't think much about how it's made. So uh, delving into who Simon is was very, very, very revealing. Uh, You learned that tanneries are quite disgusting places, not only in the first century, but it's interesting, a brother in our church, Ed Carr, who is a uh, chemical engineer, he goes around and provides chemicals to all sorts of businesses and a tannery locally, I guess 11 miles right here in St. Louis from this building, they have a tannery. He visits there frequently. He said it is one of, even today, one of the most disgusting smelling yeah. places on earth. Yeah. One of the things <laughs> so. Ed likes to do is uh, when he gets a good whiff uh, of the smell, he likes to call and just kind of go, Bill, 
I just want to paint a picture for you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, and, and it's really interesting as we think about uh, just kind of that context. You know that here, here Peter is a long way from home. Yeah. Uh, you know he is he is uh, you know from from a, a fishing village. Yeah. I mean, hard work and smells were just kind of who he was. Sure. Not everyone felt like fishermen were altogether clean. <laughs> um, That's right. At, at, but yet, you know, as he embraces the call to follow Jesus, you know, Jesus started taking him places that no good Jewish boy would ever want to go. Right. And, uh, and as he goes, he's starting to learn to see the world in, in a different lens, you know, and, and that's fine and good when Jesus is there saying, here's where we're going. We're crossing over. We're yeah. going into the land of Samaria. We're going to the Decapolis. Yep. You know, we're going to Caesarea Philippi. We're going to where all these places you shouldn't go. That's where we're going on this rock. I'm going to build my church. Right. But now Jesus is, it's the dark side of Easter. You know, yeah. he is gone. Yeah. And now Peter is there and uh, he's being summoned to places and finding himself in places. And, uh, and you really did a great job of kind of setting the table uh, for uh, the sermon in two weeks you know, and just the wrestling match yeah. that, that is going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that, uh, as you and I were talking before we got on here, that uh, is interesting, I would, you know, it's just just finding the sources to this type of background, yeah, this type of mindset. Yeah. And you were mentioning a source that I thought was really cool. Yeah. So uh, in my in my graduate program uh, through Lipscomb University, uh, we one of my courses I had a, prof a professor, adjunct professor, who's actually I think he's a professor at Abilene College. He's a doctor um, uh, with a degree in psychology, but he's also a ministry leader. I'm not sure all of his background, but his name is Richard Beck. And Richard Beck wrote a book called Unclean. Uh, and it's really, uh, you know, I don't want to do it any, you know, injustice here. Professor Beck may be listening, but it's unclean. It really wrestles with this idea of purity and disgust and uh, just uh, how we really are fighting that battle. Those things that are pure, how do we remain pure, right? but also lean into the things that disgust us. And that really is what Peter has to do. The whole Samaritan Jew Gentile thing, the, the I mean, the, the raising a paralytic from the dead, a, a guy's been there for eight years, doesn't probably, he doesn't have modern showers, you know, can only imagine what he smells like, uh, bed sores, the whole nine yards, everything that's going on. Um, probably a little bit unkept, who knows. But then, not only that, but then to go in and to touch a corpse of Tabitha and a, a body that I believe, you know, you think about she died, they traveled two to four hours to get him, then they travel back to, to the body. The body's probably fully in rigor. The gases from the body are being released. I'm sure that upper room, upper room probably is hot and smelly. And it's just quite a scene. I would imagine if Peter, if Peter had a sensitive stomach, which maybe he didn't, but you know, these are disgusting scenes. The tannery itself is disgusting, you know, where they make, you know, leather, rotting flat, all of those things. So it gave me a little insight into just what Peter would endure. And as you said, he's a long way from home. He still has this next step of letting the Gentiles in 
into his heart, at least. It's it's quite the journey we have to make. So, I, I you know, a little play with word, the journey of disgust. But I do think as Christians, we have many things that disgust us, particularly those of us in America. We're disgusted by small things, big things. I gave a list of things. We're disgusted by racists. We're disgusted by certain foods. We're disgusted by rats. We're disgusted by, we have our things that we feel find morally reprehensible. We're disgusted by child molesters and prostitutes and all of those things. And there are a lot of things in this world, in this country that are disgusting to us. And frankly, those things, are we willing to reach, touch, lean into those Mm. things, help? Are we still part of being uh, agents of change and, and, and helping this lost world. So I think it's a challenge we got to have. There's all this unclean things, everything. I just got to stay away from it all. This is true, but we still have a responsibility. I think Peter sort of leads the way for us, and he's, sure. not, he's not done. No. So. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you did really well in the sermon is that you describe you. You kind of gave us kind of these these uh, these word images of kind of graphic things that just kind of make us go, yeah, yeah, you know, and kind of that feeling of, you know, you mentioning bed sores yeah. and someone who has been there for eight years. I mean, as you were describing it, I could almost I could almost smell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. having having been in many 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 hospitals yeah. and a lot at a lot of bedside yeah. uh, times of prayer. You know, there is that sense of smell. And as you were talking about it, and then you kind of built the bridge yeah. that those things, those sensory things that we kind of are repulsed by. You were mentioning things that we're just even the idea of a, a of. Uh, you know, kind of a pedophile yeah. or a child pornographer. Yeah. Even the idea of of someone that would do these these drastically things that we would call disgusting. You know, that is us in our sin. That's it. You know, and the bridge that you built was like, man, we've we've all been Aeneas. Mm. We've all been Tabitha. Now, what they're doing physically <laughs> and the physical healing. Uh, you know, Peter's physically lifting him off his mat. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Tabitha is physically being brought back and shown to be alive. That's all amazing. But but with this idea of disgust, kind of this journey that Peter is on, kind of going and touching and leaning and rising and mm-hmm. helping others to rise. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of getting up in these stories. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the he helped Aeneas up. Yes, you right. know, they, they came and Peter immediately got up. Yeah. He went to Tabitha and told her to get up. That's right. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of this kind of reaching in to the places that, that are very kind of disgusting. And, and I think the, the, the power of the sermon today was really found in, in like, that's what we do every time we sit down with someone yeah. and say, Hey, I, I want to meet you where you're at. But I want you to get up out of that. That's right. And start following along with us. Ain't that the truth, brother? I tell you, you know, this is so true that that God's word, the spirit of God, it has the power to raise up, to lift out. No matter where you're at, what your circumstances are, you know, God wants to, he wants people to rise from the ashes. Yeah. Aren't those the greatest stories in the world? Which is 
which is why all of our testimonies are so powerful because we've, we've risen from the ashes. We've, 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 we've fallen down and we've got up again, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so it is who God is. It is the story of Jesus. It is, you know, you know, there's a, there's a lot of ways God could have done things, but to raise Jesus, you know, is powerful because he knows that we need a, a, a hand up. We need, we need to be helped up. We need to be, we need to be lifted up. And yeah. so I love that about God. I, I love that the, even the, 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 the word words that God, the spirit put on Luke's heart to use here yeah. are very powerful. Uh, and you know, we, we, you know, we are, you're very, you're very right. We, we are, we represent the paralyzed, those that can't move or take a step, you know, or even cleanse ourselves. We can't clean ourselves. That's right. Someone has to help a paralyzed person. So, uh, but we also represent those that are dead, spiritually dead, emotionally dead, uh, just from how much life beats us down. And so, so we, man, Praise God, we have this opportunity. Uh, I, I really feel like, you know, it's the spirit that put this book of Acts on our hearts yeah. to be able to talk about during this time, to be able to kind of lift us up out of COVID and mm. to raise our hopes and our spirits, to raise our lenses again, uh, our gaze again, so that we can, we can look, you know, beyond just the, the, the barriers of, isolation or whatever and you can begin to lean into people that need so much help and, and honestly not just to reach out to the people that look so primp and clean and nice That's right we got to go find those people on the margin got to find those people that are frankly maybe otherwise we would not have i think that's when god's going to start to bless the church you know, in amazing Amen. ways. Amen. So. Yeah. And that was really kind of highlighted even as in your practicals towards the end of the lesson there, I, I think you gave seven of them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I know I didn't write them all down as you said them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, just even as you started walking through, uh, kind of these, these seven truths, you know, that God loves humanity. God loves you. God's faithful. Uh, pray what you see in scripture, yep. uh, be okay with not knowing, yep. invite others to pray with you, mm -hmm. be surrendered. And At then peace. lastly, worship God. That's it. You know, even as we you got them all, you did get them all. Really? Yeah. That was yeah, all. Okay. That was yeah, all. Great. Awesome. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh no. I, it was like, <laughs> as you were talking, I was like, Oh, I should be writing these down. Um, but, but as, as we kind of think through that, I mean, uh, you know there there is such a kind of uh, okay so how how do we see these miracles start to become normalized mm -hmm. in our lives and I do think these seven truths really kind of just yeah this is how how we do it it's a lot about knowing how God feels about them how He feels about us how faithful He is and prayer is all over these practicals mm -hmm. and then of course surrender and worship maybe. Or one in the same. I don't know, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah. So maybe you can kind of close out the podcast by just kind of revisiting uh, those points there. Well, you're right. Prayer is so powerful, but not just alone. Praying with others, inviting others to pray is incredibly powerful. Right? Invite others into 
you know, the story that God's writing. And, and I think not holding God hostage, you know, with our prayers, you know, we got to be okay with with God's timing on everything. We got to be okay, not knowing what God's going to do. And, and that does require, you're right, a, a certain amount of peace. That's, that's an inner peace. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, God worked this mirror. I want you to work them. But you know, God, you are my peace. Whether anything else goes great, I represent this incredible miracle. And so I'm at peace with that. So yes, without a doubt, God loves humanity. God loves us. God's been faithful. Yeah. But I think the worship part is is really key. I think, you know, we can sometimes get a little down in the mouth when God doesn't come through, you know, how. So I think that God wants us to be worshiping at all times. And so praise and worship, you are awesome, God. You are amazing. Yep. Prayers that are not just about God, do this, do that, answer that, but prayers that really say, but God, even if you don't, you know I mean, you are worthy. You are amazing. So uh, worship and lifting God up is just going to be because he deserves it. That's right. And again, the miracles, God's doing miracles. He may not have done the one thing that I think I need or want, but there are so many miracles. So the last point was, are you looking for miracles? Don't give up on miracles. Let's keep Amen. looking for them. And I really believe when we, if we take those seven things and we put them into practice, God's going to open our eyes to probably even greater things mm-hmm. that he's doing. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out... Well, the thing I'm asking for is so small. God doubled down on that, and he actually did even more. But we just got to stay faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, well, bro, fantastic time today. Yes. Uh, You know, once again, if you are looking, in fact, I just bought it. If you're looking for uh, maybe more more of a resource on uh, disgust and learning (laughs) about things that are unclean, a uh, book by Richard Beck uh, comes highly recommended by Vince. Um, you can get it on Amazon. I bought it in my Bible software. There so you go. That was cool. There you go. Um, but uh, it's out there. Uh, but uh, brothers and sisters, this is such a such an important time that we look for the things that uh, we can lean into and make a difference in. Uh, and uh, bro, thank you so much for leading us today. It was fantastic study. Amen, guys. Hey, let's, let's, let's be uh, agents of change. Amen. Well, I'm Vince. And I'm Bill. And this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us. Good day, y'all.